0: I love when you describe a white man. You describe the whitest motherfucker we have ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) You go Dunwoody White every fucking time. Hi guys welcome back to another episode of spice rack pod we have a five star across the board for you guys today but before we get into fangirl down sav how are you doing okay i have so many things going on but do y'all hear that crispness that emily is speaking with because i made her get a microphone i actually just got one for her and she is mic'd the fuck up right now and it sounds so good it's a crispness i've never heard before No more mumbles from you. (laughs) Okay, here's my updates. I finally had my first hip-hop choreography class on Friday night. I went and danced. I was an LSU tiger girl, okay? Like, it was so much fun. We got started like 10 minutes late, and then we all ended up staying 45 minutes late because we learned two whole dances, and I just had the most fun time, so still obsessed Still shaking ass, 24-7. I also came home and like, were you like a fashion show family? Like if you went shopping, did you come home and have a fashion
1: show? Okay. Absolutely.
0: I walked in the door. I was like, Seth, I got to show you. Like (laughs) I didn't even say, hey, I was like, look at this dance that I learned. It was like such fashion show children energy. So that's my hip hop update. And then I'm also starting to plan my summer, which I'm so excited for of like when people are going to be in town and what trips we have. So I'm hyped for that. It was 70 degrees today. I worked outside. I also started sneezing today. So like we're getting to that point of the year, which is shit. And then the most intense part of my update is that I have started using an eye cream, which is upsetting for me personally, because that means I am like no longer 22 because I'm using a goddamn eye cream. I have a four-step nightly skincare routine now. And I planned over the weekend, so we have entered our skin era. Of, like, here's our fucking night cream, you thirty year old, which hurts my feelings. Do you have a night cream? No, or an eye no. cream? Sorry, no. So this is the thing: I wash my face twice a day. I have like my Cera- like my like Cetaphil wash. No, it's CeraVe wash. I use twice a day. When I started doing the four-step routines with all that I tried, like, multiple steps, nothing killed my skin more. Mm. So now I really only do wash my face twice a day, and like every other day I'll put a moisturizer on before I go to sleep. This feels like a really safe place to say this, but you know how, like, girls are into skincare now? Yeah, When we were in middle school, high school, and college, girls were not into skincare. Okay, girls were into beating our faces, and girls were into, like, shit we should not have been into. Um, So I didn't start using moisturizer until I was in grad school. (laughs) So I'm like, we gotta backtrack. Like, we gotta backdo this, because I'm about to be fucked up. Yeah, so I when I really try to do all the seven, st- no, my skin has never been worse than it has when I had a skincare routine.
1: I feel so like now it's I just beginning
0: do- currently. It is. It's really glowing. I have like a little glow going on. So I mean, that's one thing I could. I really need to do in the morning is put some like SPF on when I'm not wearing any makeup. But I just do my once every other. I put my little moisturizer on. I do SPF every day, but I think it's because I live somewhere where, like, I'm always in the sun. Yeah. So, like, that's my, the one thing. If I'm not doing makeup, if I'm not even leaving the house, I still keep it on. Okay. Yeah, I need to, like, order some. I'll probably do that when we finish this. Okay, <laughs> so, this is, this is not hot. a hot tip. I don't think anybody should listen to this, but I use the fucking Trader Joe's face moisturizer with SPF. And when you come visit me, I'm going to need you to swing by the TJ and actually get me two more bottles. <laughs> so. Okay. Let me know. I can go that Thursday and stock up. Beautiful. What have you been up to? Um. So, yeah, the weather is really nice. And so I am, like, such a good T shoes when it comes to school. But today, I, like, so I teach on Mondays and Wednesdays. And then I have my two-hour and 45-minute class afterwards. So, you know, I went to school today. To, like work because I teach first I got there at like 745 like I usually do when I teach and it was just so nice outside that I just made the decision that I was just not going to go to my lecture I love that <laughs> I you. was just like I was like I need a reset day like I forgot my computer charger at home I was just flustered I was just like I cannot sit for three hours and learn about bureaucracy yeah it's <laughs> was just, just like I that. couldn't so like, I drove home, I got myself the Chick-fil-A to get my favorite salad, I got like an iced matcha, I did like an hour walk, I was like, you know, I am 27 years old, I'm not going to go sit in class, <laughs> I think day. I really can't do it. You're like doing self maintenance, like you were either going to have yes. a mental breakdown on Wednesday or you were going to take today off, and you took today off and that's fine. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, you know what, because another thing that caused my almost mental breakdown, and which is why I was like, I had to have a reset day. I was so fucking pumped because I thought spring break was next week. <laughs> so I kid you not, when I opened my planner and saw that I got the dates wrong, I I was in the worst mood on the fucking planet. Well, that's, I texted you this morning, I was like, is spring break next? Because I saw your stuff, and I was like, the fuck is, it's February, like it can't be spring break next week. Yeah. So it starts on Friday. I'm going out of town it's the next Friday. So I was like, I just I really thought that I would not have to work all at all next week. But I give up the days. But my birthday was yesterday. So I'm now 27. So those that know me for since forever, I've always done a big birthday, like big group outing we go we bar hop. Um, Last year I got up to like 16 people because like everybody got a significant other and like they're all in a group. So I was like, I can't invite one, not invite the other. Um, Sal was there, it was, it was just so many people. So this year I put my boyfriend in charge of my birthday. Probably the best birthday ever. So he planned the whole thing. I did not know anything that was happening. So he told me to like get to his house at one and he has an activity planned. So we went to go paint pottery. I painted myself a cutesy little mug. He painted himself a night hmm <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was so much fun because there was like so much concentration and it's a huge so if you are like ever interested in doing that we went to um all fired up in downtown alpharetta and they have so many different things that you can go paint Sav, so we should go do that next time you're in town we should i would love to yeah it was so much fun and then we went to dave and busters which is so i fun. <laughs> Dave and Busters was so much fun. So we got the card game. But we purposely only played games where we would play against each other. Yes. So we did, like, the skee-ball. I whooped his butt in the Mario Kart racing game. But this was the funniest thing. My boyfriend kept trying to do the one where it's the claw game. Yeah. And the yeah, yeah, claw. Yeah. It's, like, 500 tickets. <laughs> so he tried three times. And I was like, Alex, like, let's, let's go find, a, like, another, like, game. And Alex, as soon as he on. left, a five-year-old got it and I was just like you gotta keep walking <laughs> so we went to like the fish one we just like press like the fish thing down and it's like you're guaranteed to like win ticket. because I was like we gotta boost the morale you know what my yeah, favorite so, thing uh, is that like uh Dave and Buster's you know the thing where you put the quarter in and you're trying to get yes. all the quarters off I would sit there for like ever that is my um hyper fixation my little autistic trait is that I get so hyper fixated on the stupid quarter drop thing but I haven't been to a Dave and Buster's in like at least 10 years and the thing is I, I really wanted to do the basketball one they had me on my tippy toes they put it so high I was like if you're not six foot tall you're not winning this so you didn't win basketball no I did actually oh <laughs> yes she did I did I looked at him and so she's a baller like, and then we ended with dinner so it was probably the best birthday because it was just like fun yeah that like, is there fun. was no like pressure we didn't have like we, well the like the pottery place was like reservations but and then we like exchanged gifts because our anniversary is on Wednesday so like I gave him a gift yesterday and so yep I'm literally going to cry because it's so sweet to just, like, see you be loved. Oh, my God. Stop. I'm going to start crying. No, it was actually, we, were, we were, like, laying in bed yesterday before we go to bed. And he, like, turns around. He's like, isn't it crazy that we were, like, strangers? And then here we are. So, I'm, yeah. I'm going to burst into tears. Yeah, so it was a very great... Birthday, and I felt very loved. And so, thank you guys for all the birthday wishes. And I'm really looking forward to 27. Welcome to the 27 Club. You better get an eye cream. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to. So, I feel like you've probably picked up on this. Emily is like a little psychotic. About <laughs> birthday, I'm like it's fine. It's had this. <laughs> It's fine. But like she starts planning like her birthday is on February 25th and she starts planning on February 26th for the next year. So when she told me that she put the boyfriend in charge, I was like, OK, I need to manage expectations because for a while she was like, what if I get a ring? And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, we cannot both be delusional. So I was like, I need to make sure that we're good and figure out what the plans are but I did text him. I was like, just so you know, your girlfriend is a little psychotic about her birthday. So I just want to like clear the plans. I'm not going to tell her. And then I was like, because you know, for Christmas, he told me what he, he told me that he got something for you. And then he lied. Cause he thought I was going to tell you. And I said, you were yes. never allowed to do that fucking bullshit again. Like we're adults. I need to know what the actual present is. <laughs> like do not. Cause I tried to be nice when he lied. And I was like, you got our fucking blanket, but of course I'm like, oh my god, I love it. Like trying to be supportive, I'm like, no, we cannot build this relationship based off lies. So no more lying to me. <laughs> he was like, um, so, it, so when, um, who was it, Verizon or AT and T had their, like oh, yeah, yeah. break. So that's the line that he has, and so I was like, I can't. I was like, I know he's going shopping for my gift. Like I was like, thank God, nothing was working because I really would have just watched his location. And just been like, where is he shopping? But he called me. He was like, I'm not gonna tell anybody what I got you. And he was like, I just texted Sav. Well, I texted him and I was like, We just like have to work together. Like, we have to be partners. Because you know what? If nobody would have been Seth's partner, he would have fucking proposed to me at Disney World. So you see what partnership <laughs> gets you, like you can get what you actually want. But when you were like, maybe I'll get a ring for my birthday, I was like oh my fucking God, I have to text him right now because we have got to start managing expectations ASAP, Rocky. <laughs> like, we cannot both be Delulu. Yeah, I was very Delulu with that. So <laughs> I will own up to that. I really was Delulu to the point when I woke up yesterday, I, like, checked your location. <laughs> I was like, is she in Savannah? <laughs> is she in <laughs> and I'm Aren't you so glad that I was like, hey... I want you to live in reality you're not getting proposed to today so like I just yeah. don't want you to be bummed when you get what you get because it's not going to be an engagement ring that's friendship sometimes you're hyping them up and sometimes yep. you them back down to reality yep a hundred percent what have you been reading I really haven't read anything but fangirl down by am waiting my goal for spring break is to read three books Okay. I really want to read three books over spring break. What have you been reading? I didn't read a thing, to be totally honest. This book was so good that, like, I cannot – I couldn't move on. I had to, like, keep living here. You know what I mean? No, this book was just so fucking good. And this book just matched the weather being warm. I just don't know how to describe it. It, like, fit the vibe. Yes. You know how, yes. like, summer 2016 was, like, really a state of mind? Yes. This book feels very <laughs> summer 2016 emotionally to me. No, it does. This was just, like, warm, like, spring, summer. Agreed. I was obsessed. So, I mean, I guess we can get into it. So, we are first going to talk about Tessa Bailey. So, Tessa Bailey is a friend of the program, and we are so excited to talk about Fan Girl down. New York Times bestselling author Tessa Bailey can solve all problems except for her own. So she focuses those efforts on stubborn, fictional, blue-collar men and loyal, lovable heroines. She lives on Long Island, avoiding the sun and social interactions, then wonders why no one has called. Dubbed the Michelangelo of Dirty Talk by Entertainment Weekly, Tessa writes with Spice, Spirit, swoon, and a Guaranteed Happily Ever After. Catch her on TikTok at, at author Tessa Bailey. She's so funny on TikTok. Or check out tessabailey.com for a- her books. And then she dedicates this book to Mac. Okay. Mac is her daughter. Did you read the author's yes. note? Okay. Mac is I did is not. Daughter. I did not read it. <gasps> and okay. I'm getting, I'm so bad about reading the author's note. It was even at the beginning. Like it was even before you get into it. Um, Mac is her daughter so she says that she's dedicating this to her daughter and like once her daughter is old enough to read romance she wants this to be the first book that she reads because her daughter has type 1 diabetes so she like wrote this with her in mind of talking and obviously like we're gonna get into it but talking about her would you call it, is type 1 diabetes a disability or is it an illness? Like, how would you categorize it? It is Okay, so now it is considered a disability because it is protected under the um, American Disabilities Act. Okay. So talking about her disability in like a frame of reference without it being like all about her having T1D. So that's why it's dedicated to Mac. That is her child obviously Tessa Bailey and I are besties. I'm obsessed with her. She responded to my Instagram story twice last week. So I'm still writing that way. (laughs) Okay. Getting into this week's plot review. Josephine is Wells Whitaker's number one fangirl, even if he's falling from being at the top of his golf game and the top of the tour. When Josephine, what makes Josephine quit being a Wells bell though, is when he gives up on his, on himself. Wells, hating the way he made the only stranger left who believed in him, and knowing she was in a path of a hurricane, goes to check on Josephine and realizes that he can help her out of a financial bind, and maybe she can help bring his golf game back to life as his caddy. What he didn't bargain for was the amount of time he'd end up spending with his bell, who slowly, who he slowly becomes infatuated with. He can't stop thinking about her, and the world can't stop talking about them. When a relationship between them develops, though, will Wells be able to win on his own? And how will his success impact Josephine and her goals? This story is a beautiful development of two people who can't stop thinking about each other, trying to make the other person better with laugh-out-loud humor and steam that rivals Asana. So I gave this book five stars across the board. I loved every single moment of this book. Personally, it was written so freaking well that I did not care that it was not dual POV. And it just had me giggling and kicking my feet like a schoolgirl. Josephine was such a funny main character. And I love the aspect of her being a fangirl. But she was also so blunt and witty. Like, she didn't stutter when she was putting Wells in his place. Like, she was like, I'm going to talk my shit too. Wells is perfect. Like, there's just no other way to describe Wells. He was a black cat on the inside, but he would turn into a golden retriever when it came to Josephine. Like he was such a goner for her. And I liked how with their relationship was becoming more romantic, he made his intentions clear. Like he was like, you know, this is more than like you just being my caddy. The golf caddy scenario to me was like a breath of fresh air. I enjoyed the sports dynamic, the golf talk, the tournaments, and like the beef with the other players. Like I really felt like I was there. Like I was at the tournament. And, um, like I said earlier, like if I had to sum up this book, it would just be like a breath of fresh air. I love how Wells never made Josephine feel less than him or beneath him for being his caddy. Like I really felt like in a way that they were like equals, like he was like, I understand you're helping me, but, like you're rooting for me, but I'm also rooting for you. And so I just really like enjoyed that. And, um, I personally loved all the discussions about type one. My brother is type one and I've, like, been very involved, like, with his diabetes. And I think that Tessa Bailey absolutely, like, represented type 1 diabetes so well. Like, she got it down to, like, the apple and orange juice. Um, feeling the panic when you see the number going down, then, like, the numbers like, disappearing. When she was saying that, um, Josie was like, yeah, we can never leave the house without anybody be, like – you have all the glucose, like I have glucose shots in like every single one of my bags. So I loved all the discussions about type one. But I also really liked how she represented that somebody that has type one diabetes can live a normal life. So like, yes, you have this disability, but you can still go be a caddy on a golf tournament. So I like how she was just like, she showed Josephine struggles with type one because they like it is very like emotionally, physically taxing. But I do like how she was like, but you can do it. And I loved how Wells was so involved, like with the following app, how she called the parent, he called um, her parents, like, how do I take care of her? And so I just really loved that whole aspect of it. And uh, three of my favorite quotes were, he goes, let's get one thing straight Belle. You will never wonder where you stand with me or if I'm bullshitting you. You get exactly what you see. I don't mess around with people, but especially you. Ate that up. So they have to go to like a party and she's a little bit late and he's like pissed. She's like, why is she late? And so he goes, unfortunately, as soon as she came out in the room in a strapless mini dress, he forgot the state they were in, let alone remembers to be angry. She taken so long, nothing had ever been more worth it. He had never had a favorite color, but the deep emerald of her dress instantly became the one like this man was so in love. And then (laughs) there is another golfer. Like, I think Walls was so fucking funny. Like, he was possessive in, like, such a funny way. And so Calhoun was just, like, this guy. Like, he's, like, the Ken. And um, Walls really does not like him. And um, Josephine goes, the jury is out on that. I'm still trying to get a read on Calhoun. And (laughs) Walls goes, close the book, Belle. You're done reading. Like, he's just so funny. He was so funny. And I'm so in love with him. But it's, like, maybe a little bit unhealthy. I gave this book five stars across the board. I loved this book so much. I just haven't been able to read anything else because I feel like I'm going to be let down. I was laughing out loud for so much of this. Tessa Bailey could not only write a man to perfection, but she can write a woman as well. The banter was top tier. Um. Also, my fun fact is that I am a golf girly. Like, I... I'm an individual state champion in golf, like all these things, which always throws people for a loop. So anytime, and I know you feel like this with hockey, I don't know a fucking thing about hockey, right? But like, if I did and people explained it wrong, it would piss me off. Tessa Bailey nailed every single golf reference in this book. And I like really appreciated that because I, nothing would piss me off more than someone writing about something that they didn't really understand. The swings, all of the things, the tour caddy player dynamics and like really also grasping women playing golf in this like good old boys sport and club so I really appreciated that like golf has never really been sexy and she made it sexy which I'm very thankful for Josie was a firecracker and I adored her I want to be her she was so quick-witted and I loved the initial conversation that she had with Wells of like Men always want to dish it, but they can't take it back. And like, I'm telling you right now, my feelings are not going to be hurt. I can dish it out and I can take it back. I just, I love that. I think that that's part of why she really fell in love with Wells because they could like go back and forth. I show love through like a little light roasting. Like if I'm really nice to you, I probably don't like you that much. So I feel that too of like, if you can't rib each other a little bit, obviously like not hurting people's feelings, but if you can't go back and forth, like there is no fun, especially with a partner, like you're going to talk to this person fucking constantly. So make sure that you're having fun with it. I love the information on type one diabetes and that she wrote this for her daughter. And I just think that that's like really beautiful. Josephine is such a cancer type two enneagram, like all of those personality trait girlies because so am I. Every personality test I take just tells me that I'm emotional and I cry a lot, which is great. Obviously I do. But um, Josephine is talking at one point, like her biggest heartbreak is being left out or when other people are left out. And I felt that so much. And I just really enjoyed like, I don't know, not a lot of times do people that are like truly caring about others get portrayed well. And so I really appreciated that. Wells Whitaker might just be the love of my life. This man was absolutely fucked for her. And I've never loved reading that as much as I did. He was grouchy, but blossomed with the right person. And so seeing him get his mojo back was amazing. And I was like rooting for him too. Okay, a couple of quotes. Any man that makes his intentions clear is so sexy when she's rambling about like I don't even know if you want to date me and da 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 like don't assume I can't even assume that you would really want to date me he interrupts her and says assume all you like Belle I want to date the hell out of you that might be the hottest thing a man has ever said <laughs> another quote that I'm obsessed with is before he fires her right like before he's about to fire her. He's seeing her pro shop and like what she's been working on. And he says, this place feels like you. It has your energy and spirit and your love of golf. I can't deprive anyone of that, even if I want to keep you to myself. A man with a high emotional intelligence is my personal kryptonite. So hot. And then I also loved this. And Josephine says this at the beginning. Character doesn't come from one single place. Success is far more complex than that. And we're in control of it because she's talking about she loved him not just for like that he was good at golf but she saw him like give his bag to a group of kids that like needed golf clubs and he didn't do it in front of cameras he just like did it because he did it and I think there's like such a level because we're going to talk about who we fangirl and like who we love but there's such a level of like loving someone yes because they're good at what they do but also because they're good people like There's nothing worse than you find out that a person that you idolize is a shitbag. You know what I mean? So, like, I loved that aspect of this too. Yeah, like, it was just nothing was wrong. This is what I was saying. So, if you have not read um, Tessa Bailey's duet of It Happened One Summer and um, Hook, Sink,
1: Hook, Line and and Sinker.
0: The Bellinger Sisters duet is what it's called. Yes, the Bellinger. So if you really liked this book, I like highly recommend going to read that duet because it gave me the same kind of vibes. Like I think I read that duet in two days. Like I couldn't put it down. Oh, I'm first of all, I have a signed copy of this book, which what a delight for me personally. Signed copy of the next book already pre-ordered. Don't you worry. I'm already on it. I think I need to. I need to do that. You need to invest in that also who is the next one about the friend Tallulah and the hockey player and she's his au pair his nanny that's all I need to know Emily said add to cart pre-order add to- yeah <laughs> yep. that's all I need to know so I could sit here and talk about this plot for like I don't know, probably two and a half hours, no breaks, but <laughs> the spice was also spicing. It was perfect. I gave it two and a half Amy. peppers. How many peppers did you give it? I also gave it two and a half peppers. Look at us being on the same page. Yeah, this book was hot. So fucking hot. Okay, so I gave it two and a half. So some of my favorite scenes. So um, he goes, I take over now at Josephine. He rasped, kissing her thoroughly. You want it like that? Her answer was fervent and clear. Yes, and he goes, good girl. He trapped Josephine's waist and wrist in his hands and turned her in his lap to face the television, which she could barely see it now that she entered some sort of lost fog. He goes, lean back against me. I'm going to open this robe like a fucking Christmas present. And then he continues to say, tell me how you want to come. He rasped kissing the inside of her right knee and then left eyes blazing with need. I can jerk off while licking this pussy Bet I come quick as a motherfucker hearing you whine, Josephine, or you can get it hard and fast on your back. What is it going to be? He pumped his shaft through the sweatpants, squeezing, decide quick. I'm fucking starving for you. And then it, like, it just keeps getting bigger. Okay. And he goes, I want you everywhere all the time. He racks breathing shallow. He rasped, breathing shallow, his hips slapping up against her incredible ass, watching it shake with a raw possessiveness that shocked him as much as it felt completely normal when it came to her, only her. Okay. He goes over and over and fucking over again, Josephine, I'll earn this hot pussy every single time if I have to. It was even hotter. It was like the last scene happened in like the caddy room. Like they were like, it was just so hot no words okay the first two instances that you spoke of are the first time that they're hooking up and it is i'm gonna build okay my spice is gonna build because we're gonna start off with a little bit of tension as they're about to hook up josephine he comes over to josephine they had sent each other like slightly naughty pics nothing crazy comes over to her hotel room they watch a movie she picks 300 thinking that it's a safe choice and then they get to a sex scene in 300 and like both of them like the tension in the room is thick he goes to make a move on her slowly and deliberately he picked up the remote control on the arm of the couch hit rewind returning to the start of the movie's love scene and then hit play how hard he's fucking her you like that don't you you're muted but i can see you going. Like this. i was sat i was sat i was just like listen I was like whoa if a man doesn't completely halt to fuck me during a sex scene i do not want him just the like raw confidence of being like oh let me just slowly back this shit up so we can start again so fucking hot Then they get this, that night she says, I don't want you to fuck me, but if you shoot under par in the next tournament, you can fuck me raw, basically. Beautifully crazy thing to say. So they're hooking up in her changing room after he finishes under par, and like, this man needed her biblically. (laughs) He says, come on my thigh, baby, no one is stopping you. You get to rub yourself off on my leg, and I get to turn you around and hit that wet little pussy from the back. She half laughed, half sobbed. Are you supposed to be talking to me like this? I don't know, but if the way I talk gets you humping my thigh like a dirty girl, try and stop me. Sat. I am sat. All right. And then, I mean, here we are. Wouldn't be an episode with butt stuff if I didn't talk about it. So <laughs> we have a little bit of butt stuff towards the end, which I've never, we've never gotten a like a licking of the butt from a woman's perspective (laughs) but we've got some finger action this is full mouth which i'm not sure how to feel about but i still was obviously eating it up okay her tongue raked up the part of his backside firmly and traveled over the pucker of his asshole and then holy shit she reached through his shot through his thighs and started to jack him off her tongue still working and prodding and licking his rear entrance like her goal was to drive him fully insane you were in for such a fucking pounding josephine i swear to god enjoy being on your knees baby because you're going to spend the rest of the night on your back dealing with my dick (laughs) that's all i can say what does it say about me (laughs) that i love in a book when we do butt stuff to a man what does that say about me <laughs> and seth will not let me i have been begging he <laughs> will not let me i think it should be more normalized it should it should i don't know if I i'm i don't know if i'm i like, am there. But... <laughs> crazy I love butt stuff in a book I need more like this spice was just so good and it was like it just flowed so perfectly with the story you know what I love about this too is that there never really was like there was some altercation in the third act but it didn't feel like a breakup it felt like they needed to figure themselves out separately mm-hmm. before they could really figure out if, how they were going to be together yes I agree like there was like this book really wasn't traumatic. Oh my god, no. It was just like happy, joyous, yep, lovely, fun. But read. Loved it. Um, so we are gonna get into we have one discussion question today. So Sav, who is your number one like somewhat like niche fangirl? Okay, I have a lot of responses to this. Do you have a lot of responses to this or not really? I don't really I need you to go first. Okay. Cuz it's not- Let me like crack my knuckles. I have so many. I think that probably my biggest fan girl, but it doesn't necessarily fall into this because I can't like she's never going to know that I exist is obviously Casey Musgraves. Like I have been standing Casey Musgraves for years. I love Taylor Swift, but I love Casey Musgraves in a different way. Like she impacts my life. When I have a child, Casey Musgraves themed nursery. Like that's the level that we are at. That's fine. Being obsessed with things is beautiful. So that's one. I have a lot of niche indie like bands and artists that I'm obsessed with. So there's this one band, their name is The Stews. Seth and I have seen them, I shit you not, eight times. It is our favorite band. They made it onto Hangout Fest. I... (laughs) commented on the hangout fest lineup page so proud of you at the stews like i feel like (laughs) i feel like i know them i feel like we are parasocial friends so that's that um brooke abrick lady efron on twitter instagram tiktok all of the things i adore her and i send her this is so fucking embarrassing but seth does it too so i'm less embarrassed I send her things that I think she would enjoy. Because she is my parasocial best friend. Like, she recently got into reading and she read ACOTAR and, like, went on this whole thing. I'm, like, sending her book reels. Like, she's not going to fucking read them. She has so many followers. I'm sending her stuff as if she's going to see it. So I'm, like, holding a sign for her. I would also say that, like, Rhea and Fran, the chicks in the office girls, I have been hardcore fans of them for like like we've been fans of theirs since like pre-covid probably yeah we've that was one of mine like yeah they are like I feel like we're best friends but like parasocial best friends it's like I know everything about them like they are my homies and I would like you know I cheer them on from afar they don't know it but like I'm cheering them on every day (laughs) does that help give you some insight it does. It does. I think that Avi, Taylor Swift. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. Like I know that I will never. I know Savannah and I talked about this today, but I want to go to Air's tour so badly again. Like I really want to go and enjoy that concert again. Um, Ria and Fran, which works in the office, I cannot wait to go to their live show. Um, kind of going with Rhea and Fran is um, I've been listening to. Um, Spit and Chiclet, so that's Barstool's hockey podcast. So like the same as um Rian and Fran are like pop culture, but they are hockey. And I've honestly been listening to them for like a good like five years. And they have done like a meet and greet once here, but like I have, I think I had finals so that. And then I personally, if I could just like ever meet like anybody from like the Dallas Stars, so I feel really because I. My dad used to work. So when Atlanta had a hockey team, we had like season tickets. Like we always went, he worked at a restaurant that was like, like right by like the um, stadium. So I like, it's a very hazy memory, but like the day before the game that we we're supposed to go to, he like took me with him to work and he had like, p- um, like pick up a check and the Boston Bruins team was playing pool there. So I got to like meet all the Boston Bruins players. And then I got a stick. It did burn in the fire, but um, I got a stick from one of the players and he, um, because we went to the game and they like remembered us and like he like threw up his stick. So if I oh, could God, meet like cool. anybody from like the Dallas Stars, I would absolutely freak. Yeah. I would say author wise, I have been, I have fangirled Tessa Bailey for a long time. And I think LJ Shin is probably my other yeah. main author that I'm like fangirling. I think author wise, it would be um, Tessa. There is. Um, I really would love to meet Candy Steiner. Yeah. And then LJ Shen. But um, I think those would be my top three. I'm surprised you didn't throw Rena in there. I feel like I would never recover if I met Rena. Mm, I don't know like, how to explain it. Yeah. Sure. It's so. like you don't want to be in the same room as her, but like you can admire her from afar. Yes. Because the thing is, rena you know how they say you should never meet your idols just in case i don't know how i would recover Mm. so i think rena i'm just gonna admire from afar yeah and that's like kind of what i was saying earlier like the quote about like success is not just where you're cut like your character doesn't just come from one place. i personally feel like every human or group that i just listed like they are the best people (laughs) I am cheering them on from afar and I feel like they would not disappoint me if I met them. Like they would still be excited to know that I'm like their biggest fan and like, I love them. So that I think is part of the fun of it too. Yeah. Like I think that, oh, another person I forgot to put, cause I would just love if you could have, I know it'd probably be you for like yours would be Casey so If you could have like coffee with like any kind of artist, Yeah. I would love to get coffee with Kelsey Ballerini oh yeah like that is another person like I have really been loving her music for like the past year so if I could get coffee with any celebrity it would definitely be Kelsey Ballerini I feel that I have a Spotify playlist that I have called the holy trinity and it is Taylor Swift Casey Musgraves and Maren Morris those are my current holy trinity that's my like collection I like that I just think listen Brooke abrick love her to death has a podcast called obsessed with brooke and i think it only has like it's new and it's this woman is so obsessed with things to like a level that is insane like blows me out of the water like i have casual obsessions um and so she's just talking like and i think Brittany broski is like kind of doing the same thing people are just like being like i'm so fucking obsessed with this so i love that it's like part of pop culture now so I like it be a fangirl like be obsessed with stuff it's fine yeah like that's the thing like it life is too short to not be a little psycho about stuff 100% so 100, if you want to be a little psycho about your birthday do yeah. it sister do it I think it's cute because Seth loves Noelle Miller who is a podcaster and comedian <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to blow up his spot like this. Seth shows me one time. He sends so many things to Noel Miller. His Instagram thread with... This man has never once looked at or responded to it. It is like pages and pages long of all these things that he sends to this man. But you know what? Like, have your no, parents social bestie. is more wholesome than seeing your significant other really like something. Oh my god, it's so, so cute. Seth is that person. Um, Alex is. So he is into this... I think something Vickers is the guy's name. And he, he prints, like I'm saying, like thick, 20-pound different books about like the history of like World War II guns. So yesterday, one of Alex's presents was a heavy, thick ass book about small weapons used in World War One. But he has at least 12 of these books. And like he has a timer, like these are his like besties and it's just so funny seeing like your significant others like what they like fangirl over versus like what we fangirl over 100 like it's cute let people enjoy things like yeah. be a fangirl it's totally fine it's like, and I will admit I fucking love being basic I don't give a shit oh basic to my core I don't give a shit yeah I do not give a shit I <laughs> love being basic <laughs> so. okay well getting into our fave part of this podcast and how we would view wells so tessa bailey has said that she modeled wells after brooks Kepka, who is so like so fine here's my issue i don't love him personally <laughs> so i couldn't view him as brooks Kepka, even though i knew that it was brooks Kepka. so i pictured him as more of like a scotty scheffler who's the guy who won the masters maybe a year or two ago this man has never been bothered a day in his life. He will be like 15 over, cool as a fucking cucumber. Like nothing bothers him. He's so cute. I just pictured him with like a little bit longer hair and like a little bit more stacked. This man is in the matching Lulu and the backwards dad. <laughs> We've been on the search for the perfect man in the backwards Lulu. We <laughs> really do. I put that too. I knew that he would. I was like, this is the one that's wearing all black Lulu, matching Lulu backwards hat. I think that he has a boat and y'all live on the water. He obviously loves playing golf and drinking a few beers like on the golf course with you. I think that he would smell like fresh cut grass and he would have a perfect like out in the sun tan, constantly touching you. Definitely an ass man. Loves his children, but- this kind of maybe sounds fucked up, but, like, I also want this, so I'm just going to, like, let it out. <laughs> like, you know what? sometimes people have kids, and then, like, the guy is, like, more obsessed with his kids than he is with you? Like, he's this is not happening for <laughs> well. Like, he's more obsessed with you than he is with his kids. But he loves his kids, but he loves you more. Um. So, to me, he personally reminded me of Braxton Berrios. <gasps> That's kind of how I... Like beautiful because- comparison. Yeah. So that is what I thought, though, so he is definitely wearing the backwards hat. There is nothing like else that he is wearing. Um, I think he can grill like no other. Like I think that this man is a griller. Do you guys have two golden retrievers? And like, do you guys have a backyard with like a pool? So like, he's always like in the backyard, like with the dogs or like grilling, but like, he's always by the pool. He is so obsessed with you that he makes sure um, at all times that everybody knows like who you are. He has the tattoo wedding band. like He is not taking off his wedding band to play golf. So he has the tattooed. And I really think that he is the dad that does carpool. And when he accidentally cusses, he goes, like, don't tell your mom. <laughs> like That is like a very specific, but that's kind of the vibe that I get. I love when you describe a white man. You describe the whitest motherfucker we have ever <laughs> seen. <laughs> you go Dunwoody White every fucking time. a fucking grilling. <laughs> okay, so look up. There's just one player. If I really wanted to put him, I was just like, I just look up Tyler Sagan because he golf's, but he's also absolutely tatted. But I just viewed Wells as having lighter hair. Like if you look up Tyler Sagan golf. How they're saying golf? Yeah, because he golfs. I have to be so honest, any- there's not really a whole lot coming up. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. Because that is the second person that I was gonna put. No, Braxton. Oh. Oh, I'm seeing it. I see Yeah, it. because the tattoo. So that was kind of going to be my other person that wasn't Braxton Berrios. Braxton Berrios to me is perfection. He and Alex Earl are my Roman Empire. I love them. I think about them often. Like that is it for me. And all no stop. We have to discuss this too. Can we talk about Sabrina Carpenter and Barry Keoghan? Dude, Barry Keoghan scares me. Like <laughs> he's sca- he's I I think I need help. I'm in love with him. <laughs> he, he scares me. He really scares me. I don't know what it is. I I think it really was self burn. Like he he scares me. Oh my god! Even the W magazine where he was covered in blood, I was like, and I want him. <laughs> I think it's because his dick is so huge. Like. <laughs> Like, it, like he, this man scares me, so. He is a major psychopath Carpenter's energy. Fan.
1: Yeah, Wait, he sorry. does.
0: What were you saying? So, um, I am a major Sabrina Carpenter fan. I love her, and I love them. They're like a little, like two little Polly Pockets. I'm obsessed with them. So, yeah, those are Braxton Berrios and Alex Earl and Sabrina Carpenter and Barry Keoghan mean way more to me than Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey at this current point. Okay, I have to. I just have to speak my truth. I saw a TikTok the other day. You know, when people were really going back and forth if Travis and Taylor were a PR couple or not. Okay. Did you and see the I one just um, like, him being a like love the story one? Yes. And I can never look at the relationship the same. Like because the I'm cameras like, are on this. us, and now we have to sing. Yeah, I was seeing this, but then I was like, "This man is at the fucking Australia Zoo." So how long are they? Is this really PR? But that. I don't think it's that, PR, dude. I think it's real. The love story video really got me. I think it's real, but I think they're just so cringy. They're the cringiest 30-year-old millennials alive. Yes. Like, that's the thing. I was kind of just like, I just had to speak my truth on that, that I, I don't know yet if it's real or if it's PR. Okay. Put it on the record. I love it. Um, talking about men that we are obsessed with, we have to put Wells in our boyfriend pyramid. So, our scientifically proven boyfriend, you got friends with benefits at the bottom. And then you have meet the parents after that. And then we got some growth where you could be like happily ever after in the suburbs with um, white picket fence. And then you have got here. And I feel like there isn't even just, we don't even have to think about where we're putting Wells. So, no. where are putting him? Wells is yeah, a got here. Yeah. <laughs> he's perfect. And he like is probably in my top five. Yeah. Like there was no other place that he was going that was not not here so tippy top straight to the top bop 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 to the top (laughs) okay well we hope they all enjoyed this episode and this book again if you didn't that's on you (laughs) we we, we don't need to (laughs) know leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening um and follow us on instagram and tiktok at Spice Rock Pod. Next week, we are going to continue the Wells train. And, oh, Emily said it was sunny outside and she said, let's get back into cowboys. I don't know. I feel like I haven't done like a cowboy read in a while. Oh, I've been chomping at the bit literally to do cowboys. So we're going to read Alive in Wells by Bailey Hannah. I have read one singular page of this, but we haven't read it other than that. So we'll see. I'm thinking it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm excited. We're excited. Getting back into our cowboy era. This Wells was great. let's see if the next Wells lives up to the hype. And we will see you all next week. Bye, guys. Have a good week.